really think it's important to add to the world. We have such a, 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 a wonderful place that we're living on, on Earth. All we can really do is just keep it as beautiful as possible. And the way we do that is just kind of continuing with that creativity kind of started at the very beginning. Welcome to The Art of Fatherhood, a podcast that takes you on the journey of fatherhood. Now here's your host, Art Eddy. This week's episode of the Art of Fatherhood podcast is being brought to you by Begin Health. Begin Health's Growing Up Prebiotics is a daily prebiotic for toddlers and kids ages one and up. You may be asking yourself, what's the difference between probiotics and prebiotics? Probiotics are the bacteria in your gut and prebiotics feed the good gut bacteria. Why is this important, you may ask? Over 70% of the immune system is located in our gut, and strengthening the gut starts with feeding it the good stuff. Growing Up Prebiotics is a tasteless and textureless powder that can easily be mixed into your little one's water, juice, or milk, delivering three grams of fiber per serving. So if you're looking to support your kiddo's immune system, make sure you pick up Growing Up Prebiotics at BeginHealth.com. That's BeginHealth.com. What is going on, everybody? Art Eddie here for another edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. I'm very happy to have Mike Mayhack. Thanks for taking time to chat with me, sir. How you doing? Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, man, looking forward to chatting with you about fatherhood. And of course, this book right here, Spider-Man and the Quantum Quest. My family, my daughter, my youngest daughter, like as soon as I got it, she like took it from my hands while I was reading. And she's like, can I read it? I'm like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so uh, obviously your artwork and your storytelling is fantastic. We'll get to that in a second. But let's talk about your fatherhood journey to begin this uh, interview, sir. When you found out you were going to be a dad, what was going through your mind, sir? Ah, uh, boy. I think what was first, I think it was just excitement, you know, that I think everybody initially has that excitement that's like almost like immediately uh, followed by fear <laughs> of like, oh, wow, this is going to be a, a big change, a, a big responsibility. Um, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. Uh, thankfully, I was I was raised by, I got to say, one of the best fathers uh, I've out there I, I couldn't ask for a better father um so i had a lot to i had a good example to and a lot of things that i could kind of follow to uh to uh get into fatherhood but um yeah i think um we my wife and i waited uh, I, you know a good eight or ten years something like that before we even went by the time we got married and before we had kids um so by the time my, my firstborn came along, Oliver, I mean, we were ready. We were just like, we had done our adventures together for a while and we were ready for the next phase. So we were, I think we were mostly just really excited and and um, couldn't wait to, to see what that adventure was going to bring. Nice, man. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it's everybody always like compares themselves like, oh, I started this. I started too young or I started too old or I started like. It's just like for you and, you know, your family, it's like, that's the time, like the, you know, the kids were coming into the picture and it's fine. And you actually remind me one of the, um, back when we were living in Jersey, we were at this wedding and we were talking to a couple and like, yeah, we're on, we have a crib list before we want to have kids. And we're like, what a crib list. It's like kind of like a bucket <laughs> list, but a crib list before we have, you know, have kids. Cause you know, we want to do a couple of things. It's like, that's cool. And I, and I dug that perspective, man. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, cool. it's kind of cool. That. That uh, so for you, man, talk a little about, you know, you, you, you draw and you write about superheroes and, you know, villains. And of course, you know, the ideas of values and morals come into play. But for you, when you're raising your kids, talk about some of the values you're looking to instill into them. 
Oh, man. I think one of the biggest values I probably, and probably I, they just are so sick of me telling them this all the time, especially for this, like a current generation that's very device driven, um, yeah. where you're just constantly um, sitting or sitting on an iPad or sitting on, on in front of a, a gaming platform or the TV and things like that. Um, I'm always sort of like bringing up the value of, of, of hard work and creativity and kind of cultivating that. Uh, within the house as much as I can, because that's kind of where I came from. Um, I didn't grow up with um, a whole lot of, of of money. I think our video games were just always the hand-me-down platforms. So I didn't play a lot of video games. I mostly read a lot of books mm -hmm. uh, and I drew a lot, which is probably what led me <laughs> to do what I'm doing now, writing books and drawing books. Um, and so I still do that to this day. I still am, I'm always working. I always put my 110% into everything I do. So I want to show that by showing that, that I want my kids to do that as well. So if they are, say, playing Roblox and they're making a game in Roblox, I was like, well, make that the best game you possibly can. Put everything you have into it. Um, share it, you know, with your friends and, and be proud of the work that you're, you're, you're putting into it. Um, they... I think they do that really well when it's something they care about, like Roblox or, or my one friend or my my my, uh, my son's into uh, Geometry Dash, so he makes a lot of Geometry Dash uh, platform games and stuff like that. So he'll really put a lot of work and time into it. Schoolwork, eh, if it's like a history project or a science thing, it's like I feel like you maybe could have put a little bit more effort into this, and so I, I really push that. Um, maybe maybe too far sometimes, but that's. The direction I want them to go. I really think it's important to um, add to the world. Um, we have such a, 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 a wonderful place that we're living on, on earth. Um, and all we can really do is just kind of keep it that way, you know, keep it as beautiful as possible. And the way we do that is just kind of continuing with that creativity kind of started at the very beginning. Love it, Mike. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's funny that I don't know if you've experienced this too, but there are certain things I'm saying. I have two daughters and they're uh, 15 and 13 as we're recording this. And it's just, it, there's certain things I'm like, man, I sound like my mom or I sound like my dad or <laughs> just certain things. And I'm like, the things that, you know, you were saying in the beginning where it's like, yeah, they probably get sick of me saying this, but you want to reinforce certain things. And, you know, uh, I, I was kind of guessing while I was reading um, uh, the book and then also to just seeing your artwork and all that. And, and when you, and you're raising kids, you want to express you want to have them express themselves in, in the best way they possibly can. That's good for them. But, you know, creativity and, and doing things on your own, like, yeah, you know, you got the Roblox, but yet you're creating things in there. Like when my kids were younger and they were into Minecraft, I was like, it's kind of virtual Legos, right? If you're in that, there's different modes in Minecraft. But I'm like, if you're building something and you're having fun, it's one, maybe a little bit better for the environment. because you know, <laughs> I, mean, I, I think Legos now have like the, they're looking like some of them are like now biodegradable and all that and also too like you donate legos and you share them we love legos in our in our house but it's just the idea of like as long as you're doing something that's creative like i don't mind because i've been there too like playing a nintendo 8-bit back in the day or playing Mar mortal Kombat 2 with my friends and it's like you kind of just sit and have that tv face but there's also times like get out play basketball go ride yeah. bikes or play like make up a game so you got to balance that especially now more than ever with technology that's so like at the kids fingertips right Oh yeah, we make them like, especially they've been off for a couple of weeks and stuff. So they've got a lot more sitting than usual. Um, and so, especially because my wife and I are still working, even though if, if they're off. Um, so we make them like, now's your time to eat off the devices and we make them just run around the block. Like just go outside and run around the block. The other day I was 
down at the gym. They were they got up too late, so I went down to the gym before them, and I texted my wife. I was like, "Hey, I'm getting off the treadmill right now. Uh, have them come meet me <laughs> down because we have like a community gym. Come meet me at the gym, and we will we'll we'll walk back together." Um, sure. So it's just getting them to go outside. Um, just getting a little bit of exercise, vitamin D when we can. Um, and even as a, even if it's pushing them out the doors of family, going for walks out to yeah. a park, things like that, just experiencing being out of the house and being off a device and like, look at the world, you know, it's amazing. Look at what, you know, look at what we live in. It's incredible. So no doubt. Yeah. Hikes are yeah. so fun with the family. Cause you just like, not, I mean, I might do like a family, you know, shot if we're in the forest or we're, you know, at a lake or something like that, that's cool. But like, we're not like on our phones constantly, but we're just enjoying nature. So I love that. So, you know, you're kind of talking about the things you were looking to instill into them. Let's kind of flip the script. What is something that you've learned from your kids that maybe you didn't know was there, whether about, whether it's about life or about yourself until you became a dad? Yeah, that's like, that's a really great question. Um, it's funny. It's like, I'm sure there's probably more they've taught me <laughs> than I've taught them. Um, and it's hard to like put into words, I think, exactly what those things are. You sort of look, I think... One of the biggest things they've probably done is just kind of teaching me about patience and taking time away. Um, I could be somewhat of a workaholic. Uh, I, I love what I do. I love making comics and creating art. Um, and so I can kind of get really into the zone where I do those things. And sometimes I forget to sort of really just experience um, being with people, being with my family, being with others, um, and just being uh, aware of, you know, my surroundings. And you need those things, too, to tell stories. You can't just kind of be in your own head trying to um, tell people about, about the world without experiencing the world yourself. And so um, I think they've taught me um, in ways just kind of watching them, how they are sort of looking at things in a way that's differently than I, I'm so used to looking at this, you know, this certain uh, object. Um, just, I mean, when I remember when they were young, just walking down the street and it's like, oh, a rock, you know, and they're just so excited about these stones and rocks or blades of grass and stuff. And we, and, and, and it makes you excited about those things too, because all of a sudden you're, they're excited about it. You're excited that they're excited too. Well, what's making them excited about this rock? So then you start, oh, then you're buying books about patrology and all these other things, you know, because you're really into it. And then you go too far and they're like, dad, dad, I'm not into rocks anymore, you know? Yeah. But I think that's part of it. We, when they get into something, we really get into it. Um, we've always been big sci-fi fans in this whole house. So we love uh, NASA, we love space and stuff. Um, and my, my oldest, he's very factual. Um, his favorite things to read are just books, like encyclopedias and things. Nice. He's really got into space and, and exploration, but not the, 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 the sci-fi, not really so much the sci-fi side of it, like the actual, like, how can we actually do this? And, um, and so we're learning too, all about these things we had no idea. And it's always constantly changing. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that, those things, um, when I was doing the Spider-Man books, when I would write my rough draft for those books, I would usually draw these really rough penciled things and, uh, of the book, um, the ideas. And um, sometimes I would print them out, and so, especially for a Quantum Quest, because it had such a weird narrative mechanic to it. I had yeah. to print it out yeah. so they could kind of see if they were able to, to follow along with it. Um, but I... I let them sort of read it before I even sent it to my editor um, to see if the things were landing, uh, you know, if this was really something more I thought was funny or something that made sense to me, but it was really books made for them. And mm -hmm. so I had to make sure that, so they would kind of, every now and then kind of give me tidbits of things like, what if you did this? You know, what if you did this? I didn't think of that. 
Um, what kind of, for animals assemble, I had all these different animals that the Avengers had. I was like, what animal would Dr. Strange have? And they're like, it would be a rabbit because he's a magician. And I was like, that's, of course it would be, you know, that makes so much sense, you know, but I, it, it makes sense when you say that, you know, when you hear it, but at the time I, that just didn't occur to me. So um, they're always, I mean, they're, I, I was talking about creativity earlier. Um, it, it's just so impressive what they they draw at night and what they come up with. I mean, they'll spend a whole hour um, drawing this entire world that would have taken me a year to develop. And then I, it's like this, it's fully developed with characters and names and bi uh, biomes and, you know, all sorts of stuff. And I think a lot of that has to do with like Minecraft and stuff, you know, they've, they've kind of brought that into their real world. And I love that. I just, I, I and it forces me to kind of look at what I'm doing and go, how can I be a lot more creative with this? How can I look at this differently look at through their perspective instead of my sort of more cynical adult mind that, that, that's kind of come up through the years so yes yeah, it's, it's fascinating i love watching them they're so fun yeah so many great things to unpack from there from what you know your view on fathered right there like the idea of you know your kids as muses right they're they're letting you see maybe a, uh you know when you're writing for, about an art uh, a character who's younger or has maybe of a more of a kid sense of you know wonder and all that and like you said the rocks like you guys were all into that it was butterflies my my oldest at the time yeah. when she was like a toddler we would buy books like oh this is a blue morpho this is a tiger swallowtail and you know whether it was good or not you got those butterfly gardens where you raise them and then like you let them go and it was thankfully when we were living in New Jersey at the time, it was like in October, it was like highly, it was warm and regularly warm. I'm like, okay, they, you know, we'll let these painted ladies go out in the world. At least it's like, you know, 60 degrees for the next week. We'll be good. Right. So, but just the idea <laughs> of like finding that passion and, and, and you know, you look, you reading more about that stuff when you go to the library and, you know, just kind of with sci-fi, you know, Yoda in one of the prequels said, like, truly wonderful the mind of a child is, right? Because yes. you, you look at things from their point of view, especially when they're younger and you don't want them, you want them to have, you want them to learn lessons, but you also don't want them to lose their innocence okay. and, like, just being jaded, like you said. Yeah, you get yeah, older, don't get lose cynical, right? Yeah, yeah, whenever something comes into the vocabulary that feels sort of that way you're just like no you know or if you, if you personally as like a parent kind of come out in that way you feel guilty about it like you've you've shown them something that they, that wasn't in, that shouldn't have been there before the dark side you know yeah. and so um yeah you just want them you want them to hold on that just for their own sake but also your sake too you know you don't yeah. want to see you, you you know you just there's you just want to keep that innocence and it's 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 hard and you know it's very hard um especially with you know a device driven thing because you, you're more connected to everybody um than ever before and yeah. so you're always sort of having to try to you know you want to want them to socialize but you also have to monitor it and you have to be careful and everybody's different and it's um yeah it can be really difficult it can be stressful at times um but i think uh, you have to adapt and you have to learn how to live and each you know each time you know each time the sort of the things advance you got you, you got to keep up with it you know otherwise um you're going you're you're not going to be relevant for your kids and so you just got yeah well said i think that can <laughs> you know, one more question before we go into uh your yeah. book but i think this could be the advice and if you want to use it cuz i think it's great piece of advice for dads not just new dads or new parents but just for 
you know, parents and dads, if you have a dad hack or a piece of advice, you know, like you said, like staying on top of social media or like the tech, just so you're in the know because your kids are going to like know things before you do. But what is <laughs> advice you'd like to offer to them? Oh boy. Um, I would say just don't get on social media, honestly. <laughs> uh, I've, I mean, I learned that just, um, I've really kind of taken a backseat from it. And I know just from being an adult, how my mood has changed and I'm more focused on things like less of what's um, sort of the drama that's happening or the lies that are kind of going around because you don't know what to believe. Um, and so you kind of look into really what's happening more directly around your neighborhood, which is very Spider-Man-like, you know, being very friendly and neighborly. Um, and you find yourself doing that because you still need that social interaction. So where interactions are, how can you find that? Um, and I think the less the kids um, kind of go onto these platforms, they're going to be forced to do the same. They're going to have to go out and play with the kids in the neighborhood. And they're going to learn these life lessons that you can only get when you're looking face to face, when you get looking people in their eyes and you're, you're learning these sort of um, truths about yourself that you cannot learn from just sort of the facade that we put out on, on the internet. Um, and so my kids are still young. They're not really on social media, but we're going to keep them off it as, as long as possible. Um, and they're still going to get on it and it's fine. It's fine. And so I would just teach them that that is a different side of, of, of what that, I guess that would be my advice is to kind of teach them like there's, there's a social media world and there's a, a, a RL world, the real life world. Um, and you have to decide for yourself. Uh, which is going to be more important to you. Um, and uh, you can lead them as much as you can. But ultimately, all you can do is teach. All you can do is lead. And I think you have to make sure that they make those decisions on their own. You can't make those decisions for you um, because that's how they're going to learn. How it's, that's, what, that's what's going to create the personalities. That's going to, you know, where they're going to find what they want to do uh, as a job, what they're going to want to do as a living, what they want to give back to, um, to like, you know, to the neighborhood, to the world, to whatever. Um, but yeah, lead them, teach them. But ultimately, I think that's my biggest advice is let them make those decisions and see nice. where those lead them. So good, man. Great pieces of advice. I hope people take stock on what you said. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, being a neighborhood Spider-Man. So again, let's talk a little about Spider-Man, <laughs> Quantum Quest. Like I said, uh, my family and I dug it. Love the, again, your artwork's fantastic. The storytelling is great. And you were saying, see, like, you know, you're putting out the you know, the rough drafts and showing them like, all right, the, are the kids following this? Right. Cause that's the, the main audience. I mean, people like my age, our age, you know, we dig it too, just because we love like the lore of Spider-Man and just the different Marvel universe. Talk a little bit about like how you took on the Marvel universe. Cause right now, especially, you know, my, my family and I were watching over the break, uh, quantum mania. And, you know, there's just even like, what was it? Um, uh, you know, Scott Lang's like, why is everything quantum with you guys? They're like, you know, yeah. all that stuff. So Marvel, like whether you love it or not, like I'm, 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 I'm a type of person that sees like the Marvel world and the MCU as a glass half full. Like we're eating as, as, you know, comic geeks and, and all that. Right. Not everything is going to be like a hundred percent. I get that. But for you coming up with this and kind of like talk about like how you came up with your own spin in the quantum realm and just using the characters that people, I think now, more now, like a lot more people now, like know more about it just because of the movies. But like, talk a little about how you came up with your own spin on it, man. Um, yeah, that's uh, you know, it's, I I grew up reading Marvel comics. I was definitely more of a Marvel zombie, I think, than I was uh, reading DC. I watched a lot of the the like the DC world. Uh, I liked a lot of the 
the animated stuff or like one shots. Um, but the world was just so like broad and expansive that it was really hard to dive into. I think what I liked about Marvel um, is it was it felt more grounded uh, than in, in ways. I think partly you know taking place in real life cities, but every character sort of had um, something, some trouble that they were going through which was very relatable um you know i i remember i i wasn't you know very um i wasn't i wasn't really bullied in high school but i wasn't very popular either and so i had my little my little group of of, of also comic friends and friends that like when star wars when it was not like super cool to love star wars and stuff and in fact when you met that one friend that like star wars and star trek i mean you were instantly like best friends <laughs> Now, I mean, people just argue all, and they're always arguing about what's this, this is Star Wars, this is, but in my day, you just, it was just Star Wars or Star Trek, and if you, you found those people, you're best friends. I, yeah. I, I love that. And so, I, you know, I, I really, I, I wanted to be like an X-Men, you know, I wanted to go to, you know, Xavier's Academy, I wanted to meet these superheroes, you know, I wanted to be Spider-Man and, and all these things. Um, and so I, I, they were always in my head and how they would react to situations and things like that. Um, one of the first books I ever kind of really read was the, um, um, the Infinity Gauntlet, the, the trade that kind of came out of that. Yeah. And so that interested me to a lot of the different sort of cosmic characters and a lot of the weirdness and things that would kind of come into the Marvel universe. I love weird. I, you know, anything that's just out of the ordinary uh, is, is great. I think that's one of the best things about telling a story uh, in comics is if you're going to tell a story, do something that you won't be able to experience in real life, you know, make it really um, as bizarre as possible. And the MCU does that really well. I think Loki did a good job of that and, and Quantumania did it great for that. Um, and so I wanted to put that into my books as well. And so when I was, I had established this idea of in the first book where um, Spider-Man likes doing flips he's teaching these pigeons in New York, how, you know, how to do these flips and stuff. And he's very much more of a carefree Spider-Man. And I was like, well, how can we take that further in, in, in Quantum Quest? And it's like, well, what if the flipping, like, just kind of, like, keeps diving further and further into, into the quantum, zone, quantum realm? Because we we're going by the comic rules here, not the MCU rules. Um, so in the quantum realm, he's flipping further and further. And then I was talking about actually over the dinner table. I always talk about my stories and my ideas. I just like to get out there so that my family can go, that's really bad idea, or that's, I don't get it. Or, and even if you, sometimes it sounds great in your head, but you say it out loud, as you're saying, as the words are coming out of your mouth, you're like, this is a terrible idea. I, you know, and you, you're, you kind of catch them before they say something to you. Um, but it's like my wife, I think, was the one that said like, she in her head she thought i meant like actually flipping the book around flipping you know not just flipping the page flipping the book around i was like yeah. oh that's that's gonna be that's brilliant that's gonna be hard you know and especially thinking about younger readers and you're not only teaching about superheroes but i'm also teaching them how to pretty much read a comic the mechanics of of storytelling but i was like but man they love manga and manga reads backwards you know they know how to do it they they figure out really quick and so that was one of the reasons i printed the the i had actually written the story out um and then that came about and i had to go back into it and figure out how i could rearrange it and so um so yeah i gave this and, I, and made sure i was kind of watching them as they were sort of turning the book around and stuff and and making it work and uh once i it became clear that, that it was going to be okay and I, I kind of brought it up to my editor and, <laughs> and made sure they were okay with it too but 
Um, yeah, it was, um, yeah, that's that's kind of the idea. I was really trying to embrace a little bit of the, I wanted to keep it grounded in terms of Spider-Man being still being very friendly and neighborly. Um, his his whole his whole thing is about being treating everybody else yeah. that he comes across, whether it's a uh, another hero because I have to introduce a lot of the heroes um, within the book, um, whether it's just ordinary, uh, uh, you know, not ordinary, but like uh, uh, extraordinary, but like non superpowered people yep. in the in the world, um, the pigeons uh, that come up, <laughs> and even the yeah. villains uh, that that he encounters. Um, the way I, I write Spider-Man is he treats everybody not as good as himself, but better than himself. Um, yeah. He he looks at everybody as more important, despite the fact that he has his great power. And he's, you know, um, if Iron Man says, look, I need your help for this. He's like, well, you're more important than me, so I will help you. Um, and so that's the way I write him. And once you kind of find that sort of voice for a character, it's very easy, I think, to just plop him up popping into like kind of strange situations and just see how he reacts. Um, how would how would that type of character uh, react if he found himself floating around in this crime world with like just lost objects? Uh, what if She-Hulk uh, kind of came out of nowhere and sort of physically made you have to flip the book around? Um, and so it was really fun, you know, and I always try to keep it humorous, try to keep it funny. Um, and that was sort of my driving goal uh, writing those books. Nice. Well, yeah, you, you, all your goals, I think for me and my family, we definitely uh, think that you accomplish those. And it, it's funny though, it's just with the quantum realm, like, it, you know, I know you said that you're separating from the movies, but it just also seemed very like Ant-Man where you're like changing things around. And like now again, the idea of like sharing the craft and your, you know, your craft with your family, having at the dinner table, being like, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. And, then your wife being like, well, so you're going to turn the pages around. You're like, oh, that's a great idea. That's <laughs> me. Like while my, my while we were reading it and we're like changing the books around, changing the books like so you can read it. I was like, this is such a cool idea that Mike had. Now the fact that it was like a family <laughs> effort, man, that's yeah. even better, especially for this podcast. Because again, like you're sharing your passion with your family. <clears throat> they're taking stock in it. And then they're you're sharing like, well, what about this? Or did you mean this? And it like just you know, spawn some more ideas. I love that. And especially whether it's books, TV, video, YouTube short or something like that, that's got meaning to it. You're kind of like, all right, you know, you talk to your kids and your family, like, well, what do you think they were trying to do? What are you trying to get out of it? And I feel like you, I mean, you're, it's almost like you've got like, you know, Gene Gray or Professor X powers because you already like know the questions I'm going to ask you because it was just like, what do you hope families will take away from it? And I think one of the biggest things you said about Spider-Man being like, even though he's got these great powers, obviously with great powers comes great responsibility and all that, yes, right? Yeah. Just the idea of like, he looks at everybody like he can help them and he's not, you know, he's now on a higher plane just because he's got these powers. So I love that. Just kind of for you, besides Spider-Man, for this book or this series, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about like, maybe you can kind of preview the next book, uh, Cosmic Chaos. Uh, I'm going to ask you that as well. But like, while you're, coming up with this idea and you're know, working with your editor and all that other stuff was there a character you kind of like made sure you wanted to get in there so you could draw and kind of like write them was there one besides oh, yeah. Spider-Man, of course but was there a character that you like i want to get this person in here yeah i i'm a huge she-hulk fan nice uh, yeah i'm a huge i'm a huge and i wanted her in the first book and they're like yeah maybe use the hulk because we're doing avengers and we're trying to introduce yeah all right. So I, in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm going to get her in the second book somehow. Um, I didn't know how she was going to show up. And it was actually 
when we were talking about doing the uh, the flipping, I was like, oh, there we go. Not only can I use that, but she can break the fourth wall. And, and I love characters that break the fourth wall. Yeah. Um, it, it was just so much fun to play with that. And it's like, I can actually kind of um, play, you know, play with how she <laughs> can kind of enter the comic using that. And, um, and so it was a really good excuse to use her. But yeah, I... There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of characters. I, and uh, she was definitely on the top of my list of, of characters I wanted to get in. Um, the first book, uh, I w was uh, adamant about getting Kate Bishop in there. I'm a big Kate Bishop fan. Uh, I like her more than Gwen. <laughs> so um, I have a line in there where she even says, like, uh, where Spider-Man sees her and is like, Hawkeye. And it's like, well, one of them, the better one. And I was like, no way is, are they gonna let me keep that dialogue in there? But it's it stayed. I never got notes about it at all. That's awesome. It's in there. <laughs> uh, but that was just me voicing, you know. Yeah. But it, fit, it fits her too. I think it fits Kate too. So, but that's why it works. But yeah, I yeah. I've always I grew up with two sisters, uh, and most of my cousins were all were all girls. So I I think I lot I gravitate a lot when growing up to a lot of the more female. Um, characters. I draw a lot of Batgirl, Supergirl comics all the time. They're put them up, up online. Uh, my favorite X Men was Kitty Pride. I was, I was just, I part of the time travel aspect of that was was a big part of that. But yeah. I thought her powers were just super cool. I thought I always thought she'd make a great ninja, be able to phase through yeah. mechanics and things. But um, so when it comes to characters, I I like to you know put into uh stories they tend to be from that variety but not always just uh but i remember those were two for sure and then definitely cosmic chaos had a ton that i i was we'll get into that in a second but i just gotta ask you like again since i have you know i had two older sisters and my dad would travel a lot here and there but like maybe like my mom and my sisters, I was the youngest. I'd always be like hanging out with my mom and especially when she was going through cats, like make her meals and stuff. And her and I would bond. And so you see that, you know, female perspective. And maybe that's one of the reasons why I was blessed with two daughters is because it's like, all right, like, you yeah, know, yeah. you know how to tap in and like, see like what females are going through just because of where I was raised and all that. But my family and I totally dug the She-Hulk series, like, we thought it was great. Like, what did you think of that? Oh, I love, it was my favorite. I mean, I, there was at one point, it was <laughs> the scene where they're, where, where they're, they're doing like sort of the, the circle of all the, the, the B-list villains, you know, and they're all sharing their, their feelings and their thoughts. And during that scene, we're, we, we watched, we watched as a family, you know, we watched the whole series as a family. And uh, my wife just turns me on the couch. She's just like, this is this show seems like something you would write <laughs> and i was like it told it's, it's the whole time i was watching that show it just felt like this is it's like it's coming right out of my head like all uh, the way the way that it was sort of um the humor and the way that they played it um was just so perfect and uh it just felt so much like the comics and they did such a good job of, yeah. of meshing that with sort of the mcu and what the comics did um but I, I i loved it i mean i love nothing makes me more excited than watching superheroes do completely mundane yep. ordinary things and that was just the crux of that show it was perfect i, I love because you mentioned earlier growing up it's like i'm i'm 44 right so like the idea of like loving star wars and you know maybe it wasn't when i was in high school i wasn't broadcasting that right as i yeah. am now obviously with my <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stuff, right but just the idea of people that enjoy the Marvel movies because they were introduced to like Robert Downey Jr.'s like, you know, and Tom Holland and all that. 
And even before, like, you know, with Tobey Maguire, maybe a lot of people didn't like they saw it because it was like, you know, a popcorn movie. But She-Hulk, obviously, people are very de- divisive online. But like, I think most of the people didn't understand She-Hulk and didn't understand <laughs> where it was coming from. And I thought the actress that she's like, she did a great job. Oh, she was so good. Yeah. She was so good. And so no good. one really got like the ending. Like I, one of the things you mentioned, Loki, I don't know, we're just I, I feel like I can geek out with you, but like. The, one of the things I loved about Loki in the in the in the when they got to you know he who remains right, everyone's like oh there wasn't a big battle scene. I'm like the dialogue and the tension between what they were going to do and were they going to kill him or not and like he's like we shouldn't kill him and she's like Sylvie's like yeah we should and like all of that I'm like this is great because you don't need this big powerful like you know bad ending battle and then obviously they took that with She Hulk at the end I'm like this is perfect. <laughs> Oh, yeah. like, so aware you know it was almost it was almost uncanny how how it sort of reflected each because we watched it weekly yeah. and then like the, just the, you, you'd see some of the comments that were coming through and you know it was made before all that but it was just so funny how it was like reflecting what was happening each week of of the vocals and the vocal concerns and things and so good oh gosh but yeah that that ending was probably my of all the shows that and i feel like a lot of the you know a lot of the shows too the marvel the marvel tv shows were kind of rushed towards the end uh, and so that works out so well too. So it just made it my favorite because it was just so obviously like plain, like without sort of being like without really making fun of it. It it was just sort of like playing with those mechanics of what's done and and making it something. And I I don't know. I, yeah, I I loved She Hawk. I I I've always been an adamant supporter of it. I hope we get more of her at some yeah. point. You know. So. We'll yeah. see, like maybe Secret Wars or something, or yeah. whatever the case may be. We'll see. Who knows? But I thought she did a fantastic job playing uh, She-Hulk. All right, one more question before we go into the Father Quick Five. You mentioned, you know, I, I, I kind of brought up Cosmic Chaos is the next book in the series. Can you give a little preview about what we can expect from that? Yeah, um, I think they. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the cover came out already, so I can yeah. say that it's gonna. Each of the books is sort of like team up. So like the first one was. Uh, the Avengers. Um, the second one was uh, like Fantastic Four and Ant-Man the Lost. Um, so the third one, uh, I kind of came around so excited. I did a series called Cleopatra in Space for about 10 years. And I was like, so I'm kind of coming full circle a little bit and I'm doing Spider-Man in space. Um, and so he teams up with the Guardians of the Galaxy. And um, that was really fun because I they've had sort of this weird it, i have to stick the spider-man books that i'm working have to kind of stick to the comic kind of continuity of things it's it's almost my own continuity but it's like that sort of world and so i have to kind of not do things that are in the mcu um but the gardens of galaxy have sort of they were so popular that movies are probably they, they've sort of yep. those characters are now in the <laughs> so I, I can kind of create my own weird sort of meshed version of the, them okay. and so i had a lot of freedom to, to write those characters, um, which was really fun. Um, it was really, really fun to write Rocket. Um, I More fun than I thought it was gonna be. I wrote him as just angry 100% all the time. He's either like angry or really angry. Like he's never, he's ne- he never drops below the, the, you know, that's kind of that spectrum of being so, so like infuriated or annoyed at things. And that was so fun to play against Spider-Man who was just casually, you know, kind of, 
cheerful and hopeful about everything it just goes against everything that rocket kind of knows and so and then i had you know group who just sort of follows rocket on saying well wait what's this other perspective that i can kind of get look at now and so that was really fun um so i love that um my favorite absolute favorite character in the in the uh in marvel comics is galactus i think there's just something fascinating about this giant man going around devouring planets and how unstoppable he is but people somehow he people still keep stopping him you know and so how can you how can you play with that how can you do something different and creative um so i was determined to get him into the book um which i did <laughs> so he shows up at some point um but yeah that was the idea of that book cosmic chaos is how you you can still be friendly and neighborly um even if your neighborhood is like galaxies away um yeah. you know your neighborhood is really your surroundings um not just you know what's outside your front door nice. and so that's what spidey started teaching the, the guardians um throughout nice. that throughout that book nice man all right i kind of I, I have one more question before the father quick pot so yeah for me, when I moved uh, from Illinois to uh, New Hampshire, I was like seventh grade. It was like a going into like a, a a classroom that had like all the people from kindergarten go up. It was only one you know, one um, class for each, you know, one through eight. And I, there was a kid that came in uh, that lived like in the same in New Hampshire, but he came to this uh, the class seventh grade the same time I did, and we bonded over. He was a great artist, and he's like taught me how to draw, and so like, I perfected like wolverine because wolverine is my favorite of all time and then spider-man like those were the two and i started getting the venom and carnage and stuff like that but for you someone who does this you know obviously this is your craft was there a character that you started drawing when you got into drawing that you like like which was the first superhero that you mastered or maybe it was your own creation but was there uh -huh. one that like once you got yeah. into drawing you're like all right i mastered it and you kept on like drawing it over and over again <laughs> That's a great question. Um, you know, it's funny. I don't know. I was more interested, less in drawing other characters, like like established characters. I was much more interested in just making up my own characters. Nice. And so okay. when I was drawing, I was usually making up a lot of different heroes, but using sort of, I mean, they, if I look back at my sketchbooks, they look just like you know, if I there if there's a character I had like a giant gun, it'd be like this giant sort of table, like sort of life looking crazy gun, you know, if they have yeah. that. Um, I didn't usually usually I liked characters that have like sort of power abilities that coming out of their fists and things like that. But um I had the uh, Marvel um the universe role-playing game. Sort of like yeah. And so but we never, I, I, I was, I was talking about, we, I look back at that. We rarely ever really played the game. We would just use those character sheets and roll the dice <laughs> to create characters. And then we would draw those characters. Um, sometimes my friends would draw the characters and I would like ink over them and stuff. And, oh, cool. and, awesome. and so we were like kind of collaborate and just make these characters up that we never used. We just had. So we have like this collection of all these different sort of Marvel characters that we've made up on our own. Mm. Uh, I know a lot of mine were like named uh, after like band members from like different music groups I liked and stuff. <laughs> um, so it was like, that's mostly what I did. I think when I got to the, and, and I didn't even have a desire to do superhero comics for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I was more interested in just doing creator owned uh, types of books and fantasy but i was i love fantasy i love sci-fi so i was interested in books more along those lines um and it wasn't until later that i once i think i kind of realized i didn't have to draw 
in a style that I saw superheroes always being drawn in that yeah. I could keep my own way of drawing and, 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 and that would still work for superheroes that I started drawing more superheroes and now I draw them all the time. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I'm like, you know, weekly now, I think on, online, but, no, it's um, great. Yeah. but it was, it, it, it started from just wanting to make up my own, my own things. Um, so I can't um, think of this one character I, I, I just kind of kept doing until later where I probably started just drawing background Supergirl quite a bit. Nice. No, I, I remember seeing, you know, picking up comics in the early 90s and you know like all the 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 marvel and dc people kind of serrated like image right and then all of a sudden i remember reading um sam keith's like the max and all that and seeing like how he did wolverine i'm like wait you can draw it differently and it'd still be kind of cool like it didn't have to be like the superhero build and all that right because like if you yes. think about it like when i collected the the comic cards wolverine is only like five three right right and it's just like it's almost like he's built like a puck from Alpha Force, right? Where you like, yes. but like now everyone like you know, Hugh Jackman did a great job portraying him. But I'm just saying, like, it is just funny. Like, I love the fact that you like, I can draw these differently than the quote unquote normal book, right? Like, obviously you had Jack Kirby and other people back in the day. Like my dad loved Jack Kirby, but like everyone had their own style. And it's kind of cool that, you know, you, whatever age you realize that like no this is this is the way i'm gonna do it so i love it that's a great that's another great thing you can teach your kids like just use your own creative path and you don't have to follow that person's style yeah. you can use your own style love it you've been very generous with your time we're gonna finish off with the father quick five favorite family movie right now do you guys have one? Oh, favorite family movie gosh we watch we watch we've been going through lots of the 80s movies so i'm trying to think yeah um the kids love The Princess Bride, which was amazing to me. Because I think that's like the, like if you were to name somebody that would like, let name like a perfect movie, like yep. what's a perfect, is there any movie that actually is perfect? I would say like right there at the top would have to be Princess Bride. It's just flawless. So um, funny. We try to, yeah. we try to watch, have our kids watch it. And they were like halfway through, like, this is boring. Like, all right. And then a week later, the dinner time, like, can we try this movie again? I was like, yeah. And they loved it. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Yeah, I mean, we love. We just got off of Christmas, and so we watch Home Alone every year. Um, yep, same. It's always a big favorite. Um, we just, we, I think, we don't have like a single favorite because we all like watching something we haven't seen before. So if gotcha. they haven't seen something, or if we haven't seen something in a long time, we don't usually rewatch things a lot. Gotcha. Um, and so we watch. Uh, we're introducing them to old, you know, stuff that we loved, and hopefully they like too. Or they're we're checking out something new um that's out there um but we all I, one thing we do all love is we all love godzilla movies and so that's oh, one nice. thing did you see the new one The i took my my because it's subtitled i didn't take my youngest because he wouldn't have been able to read through it but yeah, yeah i took i took oliver to uh minus one and gosh that was just i think that was my favorite i think that was my favorite i was trying to figure out what my favorite movie of the year last year was and i didn't go to a lot i don't I, it's hard for me to get out to theater to the theater these days i think that was my favorite i heard so, so many good things about that yeah. and I didn't get to it see was it just really it's the first one i felt like i cared about the human story just you know usually you just want you're just waiting for godzilla to show up like yeah all this other stuff's going oh godzilla finally you know this yeah. one is like really invested in what you know what's happening with everything else and have very jaws sort of quality to it oh, um, nice. so when godzilla does show up you're like oh man this is amazing um because you care about what's going to happen to the people nice. um so yeah that was good i did take them that we haven't started watching the show that's on apple tv yet but um we will uh, pretty soon here nice favorite family song or is there a band you couldn't wait to introduce them to 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so about me, I, I, I don't, when I work, I do not listen or I do not listen to podcasts. I do not listen to TV. I don't have the TV on anything. I only listen to music okay. and I listen to a lot and I love just checking out new things all the time. So I just broad spectrum of stuff. Uh, um, so there's not one again, okay. same with uh, you, I love I, just, I love it. Nice, love it. But uh I will say my favorite album of all time is um uh Smashing Pumpkin Siamese Dream. And okay. so uh there's just it's my wife's favorite album, it's my favorite, it's which has made even more of a favorite album. And I just got it on vinyl for Christmas, and so I was blasting that uh, a week ago, and I was just like thinking in the back of my head, I was like, I hope my I hope my boys are are listening how how incredible this drumming is this is the best percussion from the 90s right here you know and i'm thinking that in my head they don't care they don't know, <laughs> you know? and so but that that's what i want you know that's I, i'm always if they come up to the office i'd have we'd have an impromptu dance parties and stuff so i'm always introducing them to new music something different than maybe uh you know very high-paced electric which i can i like and it's and every now and then but I can only take so many hours of high-paced electronic music that's just, the BPMs are just nonstop. But gotcha. um, so yeah, I'm always usually interesting to, to rock music and 90s stuff because I just, I, I, I grew up, you know, I was in the 90s. I like 90s alternative music. So yeah. I feel you, man. Nice. Uh, describe the perfect family vacation. Where would it be? Oh, gosh. We uh, we're playing run, run right now to go to Japan because uh, we all love Japan. Um, our favorite vacations tend to be when we're outdoors in the wilderness, uh, okay. yeah, or even going to Hawaii, but like when we're outdoors. And so we love hiking and getting mountains. We did a trip in Hawaii where we did, you know, hiking through, you know, different kind of areas like that. Um, again, we love to travel and we like to experience new things. I just took my oldest to New York for the first time. He was just amazed by the city and how huge it was. Um, I think our favorite vacations are someplace we have not been before and we can all experience together. So yeah, anywhere new. I'm um, seeing like a experiencing new yeah. things, whether it's movies, like, music, whatever. Yeah, I love we, it. We nice. Yeah. We don't really, I mean, it feels like it's funny because one of the things that I think when we all start to get a little irritated is when we're stuck in the house for too long. Um, especially my, my wife loves to get outside. She loves to get out of the house, but you know, I, I have a job where I have to be indoors. I have to work online and then, yep. um, and my wife is, she's in it. So she has the same. And so we, we if we're, it's too much of that, we have to find a way, like, let's go to this new park that we've never gone to. Let's try this thing here that we haven't done. Um, and that's where I feel we really connect as a family when we do that, because we're all experiencing this new thing together. Um, if it's something that we are sort of used to, I think we aren't, you know, we don't have the awe, you know, that we're sort of experiencing it. Uh, and so we, yeah, we just like to, to try new things, travel new places, listen to new music, watch new things. That's kind of what we're all about in the Mayhap family, I guess. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Okay, and this one, I yeah. think it's going to be Galactus's two-parter. And yeah. again, it depends on, I actually interviewed Vincent D'Onofrio and we are talking about Kingpin and stuff. And oh, just nice. the idea of like, he doesn't think he's a villain, right? So, it could, you know, it's yeah. tough to like, yes. obviously when we're reading comic books, like, you know, it's like villain or hero. So is Galactus your favorite villain? And if, and if that is, that's cool. And then who's your favorite hero of all time? 
Oh, okay. I don't even actually think of Galactus as the villain. He's just this giant cosmic entity that's just going, he, he needs to eat, you know, he's hungry. I gotta eat. This is what I'm gonna eat, you know? So yeah, he's definitely not like a villain. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Doom is a great villain uh, yeah. because Dr. Doom, he's the opposite of like treating everybody more. He thinks he's the most important thing that ever. And and so he wants to control because I, I know more than you do. So I'm going to control that. And so that that's the most villainy thing you can possibly kind of do. So he's a He's probably, in terms of villains, he's probably one of my favorites just because there's no really communicating with him. He's never going to change out of that. Everybody else you can kind of try and maybe talk him out of. Um, heroes, uh, my absolute favorite hero isn't even a Marvel pair. It's 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 Supergirl. Nice. Um, and I have a lot of variety of broad spectrum reasons for that, but it's not even like the Supergirl that's in comics or even in the movies. It's my own interpretation of that character. Okay. Uh, but again, she's somebody that's very alien who's kind of come from a different uh, place and she wants to experience everything. And she just is just fascinated by this culture of this planet that she finds on. And she could easily be very bitter and cynical and look at what people are doing and how they react to each other or, 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 or be um, sort of depressed over the, the loss of her, of, of her planet. Um, instead, she chooses this side of her where she's just going to be loving to everything and show that love and hope that that love by showing that love it's going to be reciprocated not just to her but to everybody and yeah. i think that's her biggest goal is that everybody would like kind of look at each other in the same way sort of that that's so respectful um sort of more important you know than we are you know to each other uh kind of way and uh that's why i think i like her because she's has these powers and she could do other things with them but it's not the the power you know that makes her powerful it's her mindset it's her way that she really loves um everything around her including the people that she she comes across such a great answer mike and i love the fact <laughs> again just shows your creative side like this is how i perceive her right I think sometimes <laughs> we all look at superheroes we take or you know and just the superhero and the villain genre right we all digest them in, in similar ways but then also too we have our views on why they do certain things or why they don't do certain things so i that is just a great way and you know obviously i think you and your wife are going to instill that with your kids about like just seeing it from your own perspective and then also trying to digest it from other people's perspective so i love that man that's so cool and then lastly top three words you hope your sons would use to describe you as a dad what would you want them to be creative for nice. sure um loving mm -hmm. wise nice loving nice very cool. Great three words right there. People, make sure you follow Mike on Instagram at Mike Mayak. And then also go to uh, his website, OperationSpaceCat.com. Uh, Pick up his book, Spider-Man Quantum Quest, wherever you purchase books. And also pre-order the new one, uh, Spider-Man Cosmic uh, Chaos as well, when you're uh, ordering uh, his uh, his book that just came out. Mike, thank you very much for your time. Like, you've been very gracious with your time. Was, I, again, I appreciate your creativity. I appreciate your take on fatherhood. Thanks for making uh, great reading material and great like artwork for us to just consume. And again, like I said earlier, like Marvel fans or just comic book fans or geek fans, we're eating at a good time right now. So really appreciate the work you're contributing into this world, man. Thank you.
I want to say thank you to Begin Health for sponsoring this week's edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Really appreciate the work that they're doing with their Growing Up Prebiotics. It's a daily prebiotic for toddlers and kids ages one and up. If you want to look to support your kiddos' immune system and digestive health, make sure you go to beginhealth.com. And while you're on the internet, make sure you go to artoffatherhood.net. Check out the podcast, check out the weekly columns like Dad's Doing It Right, Collector of the Week. There's articles on pop culture. My family and I sometimes write stories and articles together. All great stories centering around family and fatherhood. And also, please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you get your podcast. It helps get the word out. I really appreciate your support. Thanks for listening to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and go to theartoffatherhood.net.